Dynasty Blueprint with Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined by Matt Williamson. Matt, how are you? I'm well. How are you? I am I am well also. I'm good. Ready to tackle some dynasty questions today. We've got listener questions and we've got a bunch of them. The, yeah, the mailbag is full. I'm seeing lots of topics here, lots of uh, similar topics. People want to know about player value as we enter the offseason. We we talked a little bit with Curtis last week about as soon as that offseason begins, player value changes. It does, right. And a lot of, uh, of course, as, as expected, a lot of questions about Antonio Brown. So we will try to uh, tackle as many as we can today. Our first one comes from Charles Chill. That's my... That's my buddy Scott. Uh, Scott says, pick one RFA who surprises us with their market demand, tender level, and or fantasy relevance in 2019. I like this question. This is... Uh, yeah, this is not easy. This is different than <laughs> right. maybe some of the questions we normally get. I think the thing with those RFA players, though, is we so rarely see them switch teams, right? It, it is Right, right, right. People aren't beating down their door. Right. Usually it's a situation of some of those RFAs don't even get an offer because the assumption is the the team will match. And and even if they do get an offer, that's often what happens, that the, the previous team does match that contract offer. So Scott lays out three options here. Jalen Richard, Alex Collins, Peyton Barber. Of those three, Matt, who, who would surprise you the most or, or who could be the biggest surprise there as far as market demand, the the tender level, the contract offer they get, or their fantasy relevance in 2019. The one that sticks out to me of those three is Collins, because unlike the other two, it doesn't seem like the Ravens like him anymore. <laughs> you know, like they, they seem to have worn out their welcome. They went and traded for Ty Montgomery. I know he's a free agent, but he lost his starting job. And I would also say that at his peak, He's been the best fantasy performer of the three. So I know this isn't what they're asking, but who has the most value of those three? I think I would go with Collins and maybe change his teams. Yeah, I, th- I thought about those things as well. It certainly seems like he's kind of on the outs or, or in the doghouse in Baltimore. So as an RFA, if another team does come calling, does make him a tender offer, uh, a, a tender him a contract, I should say, then you can kind of assume the Ravens probably let him go and, and take, I would think, yeah. take whatever compensation, whether it's a, a late round 2020 pick or whatever that ends up being, uh, they'd probably be happy to, you know, to oblige there. Um, I think that makes sense. But the one I'm, I keep going back to is Jalen Richard. I love what hmm. we, what we saw of him in limited, uh, I don't want to say limited action. He wasn't injured or anything. It was just that, the way that the Raiders used him, you know, there were games where he was getting a dozen targets and then the next game he, he barely even played. So it was, it was tough to count on him as a fantasy option, but at his peak, I was, I was really intrigued by him over this past season. And I saw more than one person say he was, he would be a fit in new England. We hear that over and over and, and you know, they've, they've got James White. I don't know if they need a guy like Richard right now, but, he would be a, a player I would really like to see in another offense. And based on what we've seen, how the Raiders have done business, uh, 
I don't think they really have much allegiance. And, and honestly, I'm just not sure if they're going to make the move that we would normally expect. We said earlier that most of these RFAs don't change teams. They could surprise us and just let Richard walk if he gets a contract offer from another team. Yeah, you might be right. I mean, there's some real similarities with these guys in that I think, you know, if you were to rank the Bucks, the Ravens, and the Raiders in likelihood to add a true number one type receiver, you could probably make them any order you really wanted. I would probably put the, the Ravens last, but who knows how they're going to build around Jackson. And I think all three teams could add somebody better than these guys, you know, more um, valuable than these guys, which therefore these guys could end up changing teams or not making their team. You know, one of, the, one of those type of deals, get traded in camp or something like that. But if I were to ask you, Richard, Collins, or Barber, who's the best football player? Not fantasy. Who's the best football player of the three? They're different. They certainly are. I, I guess I, yeah. would, I would still probably say Collins, but bad year though maybe that's maybe that's just that bias of he's the one we've really seen produce mm-hmm. um yeah it has a pretty short stint of collins being productive too yeah yeah that's, that's you know the the back half of 2017 is pretty much it mm-hmm. i mean they were really trying to replace him almost from week one in this past season he fumbled yeah Next question from Scott Atkins, our, our league mate over in one of the hyperactive leagues or a couple of the hyperactive leagues. Scott says, what are your thoughts on Darius Geis and how good are we talking? How good can Geis be? Uh, so we know this, we know the story with Darius Geis. Of course, he, this time last year, he was locked in as the 1.02 pick in most leagues, fell a little bit in the draft, uh, quite a bit, actually, a lot further than we thought. I think he was the seventh running back drafted. That brought some concerns to his dynasty value, but he he was still the 1.02 in most rookie drafts prior to his season-ending injury in camp or in, in preseason. And then towards the end of the season, we hear these stories about setbacks and you know multiple procedures to to correct this this issue, and and that that got a little scary. I don't know if you saw it, Matt, but just over yeah. the past couple of days, we uh, there was a video released of guys working out and that looked more encouraging looked like he was on the way back so maybe we were over uh overweighing this report about dramatic yeah about, about a setback guys is currently the rb 15 in our dynasty adp at dlf he's right behind leonard fournette he's right behind uh, right in front of sony michelle and in front of aaron jones does rb 15 seem a little high for you uh, maybe a smidge, considering the two guys you just mentioned behind him. I, I think Michelle is on a really good offense, a good situation. Uh, you know, the the question that they ask here is thoughts on Geis. Well, I don't really have any concerns about the player. I mean, maybe I'm a, a jumping ahead and assuming that he's healthy. But I love the player. I mean, he was my one-two easily last year at this time and after he got drafted. But I hate the situation. I think Washington is somewhat of a train wreck. Like, who's their quarterback going to be? Um, it just doesn't seem like a great... Is Peterson going to be back? I bet he is. Maybe I don't hate his, his situation, because Peterson was productive in that situation. But I, I just think it's somewhat of a dysfunctional unit in Washington right now. No, I I do kind of hate the situation, actually. Yeah. And there was a, a discussion on Twitter over the past few days about which team could be the worst in the league next season, which, which team could earn the 1.01 1. 01 
in the 2020 draft, jumping ahead a year. And I think the Redskins would be my pick. They have, yeah, uh, they have no quarterback essentially. I mean, I, I, I certainly hope Alex Smith can come back, but it's, it's not looking good right now. They, they have no reliable wide receivers. Uh, they ha- they've got Jordan Reed, but we know he can't stay healthy either. And uh, whole offense can't stay healthy. Yeah, that that entire offense it it doesn't bode well necessarily for guys, at least in the short term. So yeah, like you said, no no real concerns even with this injury stuff and and the surgery and setbacks and things like that. No major concerns about the player, but I, I am worried about if he'll be able to be productive week to week. Uh, in that offense. And we saw it from Peterson when, when they were winning games, he was putting up a hundred yards and scoring two touchdowns. And when they were falling behind, which was more often than not, especially after Smith got hurt, Peterson was a dud. Yeah. I don't have a lot more to add to it. I mean, I kind of feel bad because I, I want guy stock. I want the player. I want him to be in a better situation and maybe they, maybe their defense keeps them in games next year and they run the ball a lot and then kind of a Peterson-like manner, like you mentioned. And he chips in a little bit more as a receiver and his talent takes over. And as a dynasty rule, I prefer tiebreakers. I lean towards talent and player than I do situation. And so that's in his favor. But, I mean, if him and Michelle and Aaron Jones are all sitting there, I'd probably take the other two. Yeah, I agree. Next question comes from D Jack. D Jack says, what's Corey Davis's value? Are you buying, selling, or holding? So Corey Davis is the wide receiver 20 in our January DLF ADP. Uh, That's an overall ADP of around 42. And that's actually uh, among his, his low points, even in his entire career, when it comes to that, that ADP, just um, a couple months ago, he bottomed out at 51 overall. Uh, but other than that, this is his second lowest. So value is not, not in a great spot, especially compared to where it was a year ago. What are your thoughts on Davis right now? He's, it's another good question. Our listeners know what they're talking about. I mean, I, again, I love the player, a lot of talent there. I think something that stands out to me this year was, he faced maybe the hardest slate of corners of any wide receiver in the league. So that's bound to get easier and he's only going to get better. And I would think the weapons around him will take a little less pressure off him, you know, where everyone's putting their number one corner on him and not worried about the other guys, you know, or, or the other receiving threats. But Mariota's hard to count on and they lose their offensive coordinator have they has Rabel taken over and you know this is going to be a Derrick Henry led offense? I don't know, but if my answer is buy, sell, or hold, I'm buying. Mm, that, that surprises me a little bit. I I think Davis is still carrying some nice name value. Like I said, he's he mm-hmm. is still the wide receiver twenty uh, for some uh, some more information there, some more perspective. He is above Jarvis Landry. Above DJ Moore, above Cortland Sutton, Ridley, Lockett, Boyd, Godwin, I would take I'd take at least a few of those guys over him. Uh, especially, I, I would take Landry and DJ Moore over him for sure. Um, and okay. then I think some of the some of the rookies are at least in the conversation. Uh, Do you have the guys right above him by chance? Sure, sure. So Corey, uh, I'm sorry, Cooper Cup is directly above him. T.Y. Hilton, A.J. Green, Kenny Galladay, Robert Woods, uh, 
Yeah, he's, I don't think he's in that category. Right, right. right. Uh, I did look at, uh, also on DLF, looked at some recent dynasty trades involving Corey Davis. This is just another way to get a picture of his value. Quite a few of these were what what some call package up deals, right? Packaging Davis with another piece to try to get an upgrade. So the first one is Corey Davis, carry on Johnson and a 2019 first round draft pick. We don't know exactly where that pick is. Obviously, okay. they, obviously they do in the, in that league. So carry on Johnson, Corey Davis and a one for Alvin Kamara and a third rounder. You're taking Kamara there, right? Yeah, I am taking Kamara there. Although I think carry on somewhat of a buy low right now too. I liked what I saw from him as a player and I'm betting Patricia did too, but I mean, give me the, the every week starter or win your league guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like carry on too. I don't know. I don't know if he's buy low. I like him as a buy, even though I, mm-hmm. I've got some concerns. I don't think his value is down too much. They just uh, made a move today. They hired Daryl uh, Bevel as their offensive coordinator. So we saw what he's done in the past in Seattle with that running game. Probably that's probably good news for carry on and maybe not good news for Kenny Galladay. Probably true. Probably true. That offense in general, I think, is trying to find itself, to put it kind of kindly. Um, here's my question to you on Davis. You know this incoming rookie class better than I do, although I'm starting to dig in more. Sure. Uh, is there five receivers, rookies to be, that you'd take over them? You know, Metcalf and hit, you know those guys? Yeah, I don't know if I'd get to five. Okay. Um, those, those receivers at the top of the draft are, are so you know, bunched in right now as far as, you know, if you look at rankings, if you pick your three favorite dynasty analysts and you look at their rankings, you might get three different answers as far mm. as who's who's the top guy right now. But we've got DK Metcalf. We've got um, A.J. Brown, his teammate there at, at Mississippi, Kelvin Harmon from NC State, uh, Nikhil Harry. Those those are kind of the big four. And, and then the guy I really like is uh, – Probably not quite in that group for most, but Hakeem Butler from Iowa State. So those five, are if you're talking about who might be in that range, uh, it's those five guys. This time um, this time next month, we're going to see those guys in our Dynasty ADP, and, and we'll, we'll get a really good idea of how the community is valuing them versus Davis versus Ridley and, and some of these other young receivers. Um, I, I would probably... Yeah, I'd probably take at least three of those guys over Davis, though. Okay, so I mean, if I if I offered you one six for Davis, you're strongly considering it. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, De- definitely. Next question from Kevin. Kevin says, "How do you handle old contending teams with guys like Alshon Jeffrey, Hilton, AJ Green, Fournette that are not easily tradable?" Uh, do you have some teams like this, Matt? Sort of. Um, those guys, to me, are commodities, though. I mean, I don't. Do I love all four of them? No, but I think they're all quality players. And if they're hard to trade right now, I would probably be on the side of I'll make an offer for any one of them, and as opposed to they have to dump them. And it's I'm not screwing Kevin over here on his question, but I'd like to know more about his team. He's got more on his guy, more on his team than those four. I mean, does he have? a wealth of second round picks. I mean, does he have any kind of youthful assets that he can ride the fence of contending and starting to add some of those receivers we just mentioned, or, you know, what kind of commodities does he have on his team? 
because um, I think Hilton and Alshon and Green are going to be highly valuable for a while. I mean, I think they're top 20 receivers the next three or four years. Yeah, so we kind of mentioned this again last week when we had Curtis Patrick on. We talked about, in general, on this show, we recommend buying those veterans in the offseason. And, and yeah. Curtis gave us a good reminder that doesn't mean just go out and buy every player over 30. It's It's got to be the right situation. You have to uh, have the team that's uh, that's made up for that, meaning you're a team that's ready to contend. But if you've got these guys on your roster, you, you probably are ready to contend. If you do want to look to sell, one thing I think you could do is to try to take a small step down. So Hilton is a good example. If you look at DLF ADP, and we also warn that ADP is not, it's not a trade tool. It doesn't always work like this, but if you, but it at least gives you a gauge. So you look at Hilton, he's wide receiver 18, right below him is Cooper Cup. Obviously highly productive. I, I feel like Hilton probably has more value in general, but Hilton's also four years older. So if you can trade Hilton for Cooper Cup and you can get a a couple third rounders thrown in or a second rounder thrown in, a veteran running back, something like that, those are the small steps down that you want to make. Uh, you don't have to go crazy and sell the farm and, and give up all of these guys uh, for shots in the dark. You can still take on... The DJ Moores, the guys that are valuable now. And right, young. you can take on valuable players that are already established. You don't always just have to sell for rookie picks. So that would that would be kind of where I would start. Look at these, uh, look look at ADP, look at the trade tool if you're a DLF subscriber, and and that'll give you a, kind of a good idea of where to start. But um, in general, just don't panic is what I would say. Yeah, I think Hilton's going to have a gigantic year next year. Like, I want him in redraft. I mean, he was injured a lot this year and had nothing around him, and Luck was finding his way early, and they have all this cap space. Like, uh, I'm not at all anxious to move on from T.Y. Hilton. Well, I'm, I'm glad you say that. Our next yeah, question. Yeah, <laughs> our boy Tubaka. Our boy Tubaka. Next question, Tubaka wants to know, Hilton or the 1.02 rookie pick? So we we threw out those names most likely going to be a wide receiver at that 1.02 could be David Montgomery could be um, Josh Jacobs, Josh Jacobs, Alabama running back, getting a lot of love as a potential top two, top three, maybe even top overall rookie pick. I think he's going to be one, one when it's all said and done. All right. Well, that's so, my early prediction. So we've, we've got some options there, but the 1.02, are you selling T Y Hilton for that, that rookie pick in a vacuum? no, and not really even considering it. But if he's my only, quote, old guy and I am totally rebuilding, I would consider it then. But I, I think Hilton's going to blow up. I think he's in a great situation. Yeah, I, I would take that, actually, almost in any situation. We, we looked at this last year. Or I'm sorry, I looked at this last year, looking at the ADP of these 30-year-old wide receivers. And it's, it's in general, it's not good. Um and the players this time last year that were on their way to, to being 30, it's Julio Jones, it's Antonio Brown, it's um, A.J. Green, I think at that point was still 29. And and you look at those guys and think they're they're in for a fall, you know, and, and at that point, mm-hmm. Jones and Brown especially felt, I mean, they felt bulletproof, right? And, and now we've seen both of those guys fall out of the first round of ADP. They're They're both close to falling out of the top 10 
dynasty wide receivers, according to ADP or according to to some dynasty rankings. So, you know, I mean, I, I kind of see the same thing happening with, with T.Y. Hilton, except he's already valued lower than those guys to start. So we all get older quicker than we want. Very true. <laughs> Very true. If I can trade Hilton for a top two or three pick, I'm doing that. Okay. I mean, just to you know, be devil's advocate of everything I just said positive about him, you could say, Matt, he's a smaller guy. He's 30-ish. He's already taken a beating, and how well is he going to hold up? I mean, if he loses a little bit of quickness or speed, he's not going to win like Brandon Marshall and Larry Fitzgerald with size and ball skills, you know? So when he falls, he might fall fast. Right, and and I mean, I do agree with you. I think he's in for another good year mm-hmm. uh, next year. I just don't know if if we fast forward a year, are you going to be able to trade him for that rookie coming off a you know a promising season, a DJ Moore Ridley type season? Right. I don't think so. Probably not. Yeah, probably not. And there is that theory of you know it's better to trade him a year too early than a year too late. Next question from Murray. How would you value Nick Foles for the 2019 season in a super flex league, buying, selling, or holding? What do you think about Foles? We, we saw the run come to an end. Uh, he, was, he was impressive nonetheless. And the, the Eagles have some, you know, some, some pathways that they could keep him. And, and you've, excuse me, you've even got some people pushing the idea that they should keep him and trade Carson Wentz, which is crazy talk, I think. Yeah, but let's, let's extinguish that right away. We, I think we can assume that Foles is going to be on a new team next year. We saw a report recently that uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars would be chasing him. Where do you think he ends up? What do you think his dynasty value is like in a super flex league? Yeah, I think he would be a sell for me. Um Here's my take on it. I agree with you. He will be on a different team, either as a free agent or the Eagles will dictate where he goes. Jacksonville absolutely comes to mind. But are you thrilled about having Jacksonville starting quarterback? I mean, Foles has played well. I do believe he is very much a roller coaster. I think he's very good now at getting the ball out, predetermined reads, and he will stand in and take a shot, and his teammates love him for it. But the later the down goes, the worse he gets. And I just think that the chances of a new coach and scheme utilizing those strengths and weaknesses as well as Peterson and Reich did last year and those guys is highly, highly unlikely. Yeah, I, I totally agree. He would be a sell for me as well. Uh, I, I mean, you, you, you said it much in a much better way. I I simply don't have confidence that he can succeed without Peterson and outside of that mm-hmm. system. Um, and if it's if it's as extreme as going down to the Jaguars, down to the Washington Redskins, you think about teams that might need a quarterback. Obviously, that makes it even worse. Now, if it's the Giants and he gets Beckham and Barkley and Ingram, eh, then then maybe. But I I haven't heard any of those rumors. And obviously, if the Eagles have anything to do with it that would not be his landing spot. Yeah, good point. And I, I feel like Flacco is almost in the same category where he'll probably change teams. Probably people will get excited about his new landing spot. It probably won't go well. And in the end, he's not a great football player. I think they're a little bit different in that I think you can sell Foles right now 
yes. based, based on what we've seen the past few weeks and, and even the past year. You, you sell Foles right now before he lands in Jacksonville or before he lands in, in Washington. Flacco, you probably have to wait. There's there's maybe some uncertainty if he even gets another starting job, which I think he will. There's just, mm-hmm. just not enough quarterbacks to go around. But you, you probably wait until he lands that job. And even if it's not a high-profile job that people get excited about, in a super flex league, he he regains some value. Yeah, he wasn't the Super Bowl MVP last year. And, you know. yeah, yeah. Right. Next question from Ernest. He wants to know about Kareem Hunt's dynasty value. We heard we heard the Bears kind of chiming in, and maybe they're interested. I've heard the Eagles. Yeah, I've that. heard the Eagles as well. I've, I've seen that reported. Whether it's the Bears or whether it's the Eagles, which both of those would be pretty solid landing spots, I think. Oh, yeah. Just that coaches and owners and GMs are starting to kind of uh, acknowledge Kareem Hunt, right? I mean, he's he's basically been an outcast. He, he didn't get claimed. Nobody's even seemingly kicked the tires as far as adding him to the team. Just that people are starting to talk about this, I think, shows us that he he will be back. He'll probably serve, you know, he'll have a suspension to serve when he does sign. Um, but what do you think his dynasty value is right now? I think he's going to be a starter by midseason next year somewhere. And I don't know if he'll put up Chiefs-like numbers. I mean, that's about as good a system as you can get. But I bet he's a high-end running back two, low-end running back one by Halloween. And therefore, to me, he's got a lot of value at his age. Um, maybe I'm speculating too much or giving him too much of the benefit of the doubt, but my hunch is that was somewhat of an isolated incident. I don't know that it's a Josh Gordon, boy, he's going to get suspended again, you know, necessarily. Um, so I think he's safer that way. I mean, any of these guys, if you don't want them on your team, cause you don't like what they did fine, but I'm just talking about strictly business of what are they worth in dynasty? I bet this is the lowest he'll ever be. I mean, if it, I mean, and it's, and it's, and he's growing again, like you said. I mean, the lowest he ever was was a month ago or two months ago. Right. He's starting to rise. So jump while you can. Right. I, I don't think you've, I don't think we've missed that by low window, but I think it's, it, it's, it's, it's starting to close. I looked at some recent dynasty trades involving Hunt as well, and I, I was really surprised, uh, honestly, how cheap he went in, in some of these deals. The first trade is, it, an easy one Kareem hunt for a future third. Uh, Oh man. I mean, that's no, you know, nothing to even think about there. And, and again, Matt, like you said, if, if, if you have a a major problem with what he did, and obviously we all do, but if, if that's so much of an issue for you personally, that you don't want him on your roster, we're not judging that. We're not saying that you should change your mind, but beyond that, but you could call me, (laughs) You can trade him to me for a third, though. Right. Uh, the second trade is Jared Goff and a two for Kareem Hunt. I still want Hunt. I mean, that's not super flex, right? That's nope. That's one quarterback. All right. I mean, I could understand both sides, but I still want Hunt. Right. I, mean, I was going to say I'll give you two one for Hunt right now. Yeah, yeah, I would as well. The price is getting a little a little tougher here, and these and these each of these trades are within the past week, so these are all very recent trades. Kareem Hunt and Kenny Galladay on one side, mm. Melvin Gordon and and Seattle receiver David Moore, so maybe a throw in there. 
Kareem Hunt, Kenny Galladay for Melvin Gordon. I'll take Hunt and Galladay. Ooh. Gordon's a stud. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. That that one is close for me, which part of I, it's because I saw Gordon hobbling around with two knee braces on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that will that'll change. Yeah, that, that most recent side of him is not a good one. <laughs> uh, but that we even think that is close is a sign that uh I like Galladay a lot though. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, a sign that Hunt is regaining some value. Last one, Kareem Hunt for Antonio Callaway. Oh, Hunt. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we think we think the arrow's pointing up. Buy him right now. That's that's mm-hmm. the the advice. I'm about to offer in one of my leagues like two three and two seven for him. How about that? That, that's that might pretty, get it done. That's pretty aggressive. I might yeah. start. I might start with just two three there. See what happens. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. All right, last question of the show. This one is from William. William says, Devontae Freeman has been off the field for quite a while. Not sure how to value him at this point. Do I trade him for any 2019 first, or is he worth more? Uh, Freeman is a tough one. Certainly has lost lost some value, Um, whether you're talking trade value, ADP, however you want to frame that. It's gone down over this season as, as he missed most of the year. And we, we've continued to see these young running backs, not only that great class that just are finishing their second year, but we saw some rookies. We saw Nick Chubb. We saw James Conner break out uh, as the second-year guy. on Johnson we already talked about. Sony Michelle. We saw Aaron Jones' second-year breakout. All of these guys have jumped ahead of Freeman in value. He's actually all the way down to the RB24. He's right behind Kareem Hunt. So we we can kind mm, of who do you tie, want between those two? I want Cream Hunt. I do too. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that gives you an idea of Devontae Freeman's value. Would you trade him for? Are you taking any 2019 first for him? I want the pick. Yeah, I mean, I might take him in redraft next year if if I paint the picture that they draft a guard. Tevin Coleman's gone. Edo Smith doesn't scare me. New offensive coordinator. Freeman has a good year and racks up. 1,250 yards, but he's not long for this world. I mean, I, I told people a year ago that he was a guy to dump when you can. I, I just think his running style, his size, um, that he's going to be a not a long-term guy in this league. Yeah, I, I agree. I've got some concerns. I I do actually kind of like him as a buy low. I'm looking at this ADP and some of these say trades. He's so and, low now, though. Right, right. He's, <laughs> he's so cheap. He's... Um, He's. We talked about that he was behind Hunt. He's right in, ahead, right in front of Tevin Coleman, his teammate, uh, soon to be ex-teammate. I would imagine. I'd probably prefer uh, Coleman. I think I want Coleman as well. So I'm. I'm a little surprised he's even ahead of him. Just one year older. Freeman mm-hmm. is one year older than Tevin Coleman. Coleman probably going to a new situation. We'll see where that is. So. Uh, Freeman's value is down. Buy him in general, but don't buy him for a first rounder. Sell him for a first rounder. All right. All right, Matt, that will do it for today. We had a shorter show, got in a few listener questions, and we'll be back with another set of listener questions very soon. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next time with more Dynasty Blueprint.